This is a special edition of the Homeowner Show. We are live at Thistle Draft Shop. Thistle Draft Shop. Yeah, Craig and I are um, we're trying something new, man. We've never done this before. This You've is, never done this before? Well, not a live show like this. You've never done it before on the Homeowner Show either. I've never done a podcast live. Well, that, yeah, you've done a live other stuff. <laughs> not a podcast. I, I tend to publicly embarrass myself on a consistent basis. <laughs> I consider that a live show. Well, that is a live show for you. That's like, that's like normal, just life for you, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so to, uh, right, right now, so by the time this show comes out, I think it'll be like the day before Christmas almost, right? Well, it'll be Christmas Day. It'll be Christmas Day. Yeah. So Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. Christmas to the non. So all the, all the presents get to be brought out of the hiding places and into the open. Into the hide from the hiding hole into the open. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, are y'all done Christmas shopping? I, we are completely finished. What? Yes. Yeah. We wow. Amazoned it up this year. Oh, Amazon's awesome. There was there was no foot traffic in the Williams home. However, <laughs> if if you're going with Amazon, you've got to make sure to have the ring doorbell, right? Absolutely. You don't want anybody thieving, thieving off the doorstep. <laughs> no, so uh, we, we got a we got a guest with us today. I know Facebook Live can't uh, can't see our guest. This is uh, Charles. Hello, Charles. Hey guys, how y'all doing? We're good, man. Um, uh, Charles just here uh, here at Thistle hanging out, and uh, so what would you have tonight? Uh, I did a flight of two really sour beers and then two uh, blondes that I was not a fan of. Okay. And I went with the safer option, which is more of a lager. So. There you go. Yeah. Okay. I can't complain. Is it going so good so far there? So far, so good. Yeah, which, I've which, only sipped it. So. Which one is that? Um, Do you remember? Great something. I don't know. Something great. Great something. It's somewhere in there. Okay. But somewhere it's great. We, we, we were going to give, we give them a little press, but they don't deserve it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's Great Island, maybe. Great, great okay. Island. Maybe they just need to catch your name. Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> maybe so. So... So, do you have any good Christmas hiding spots in your house? Okay, so... So, do you hide the presents from your kids? Do you well, hide presents from your wife? I do hide You can tell us that now, because she's going to be here in 30 minutes, yeah, and she won't <laughs> find out until the day after. <laughs> she's going to be here. Uh, yeah, she doesn't listen to our podcast. <laughs> anyway, um, well, I can't even tell you, because if she does go back and look, then she'll... No, if she doesn't come back and listen, oh, so you, want to, you want to keep these hiding places. Well, yeah, that's, that's why it's called a hiding place. <laughs> yeah, so, um, see, the cool thing about So like, you have separate hiding places from your kids and your wife? Yeah, absolutely. Well, mainly. So just give me the kid ones. Well, that, that, so, so the problem with, with where, our, where our hiding place is, uh -huh. is it is in my wife's closet. <laughs> So we have, my wife and I have separate separate closets, his and hers type deal, and um, it, it, we, there's a lot of places up high that, uh -huh. we, can, uh, that we can put stuff. And my kids, I mean, my kids are, are young. I've got a I've got a four and a six year old, yeah. almost four. He'll be four on Christmas Eve, actually. They'll probably like hide them underneath their bed, and they never know. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. So um, I mean, they're not super creative places. That's just where they are. Yeah. Yeah. So what about y'all? Uh, you know, we have like this, my, my, my oldest calls it the Harry Potter closet. Oh. Cause it's like one of those underneath the staircase. Oh yeah. That I don't know if she's like afraid that we're going to lock her in there or, 
So that's what she calls it. Okay. And that tends to be the best spot because no one ever really tries to get in there. And it's it's like in a closet, in a closet. A closet in a closet. And so it's kind of scary for the kids to go in there. So they're not going in there. No. Because okay. we just tell them there's a giant spider. <laughs> and, and I probably got a few more years before that lie wears off. <laughs> yeah, they're going to figure that out, aren't they? <laughs> Yeah, although I will tell you, like we, the the house that my parents live in, when when we first moved into that, which was a long time ago now, um, we went up in the attic, and apparently this was a thing that like people used to pull the insulation up and hide presents underneath the insulation, because like I guess their kids were like really sneaky and suspicious and would always go hunting for the the presents. Okay. And, and so like they would pull the insulation up and stick the toys underneath. Ah. And so when we moved in, we actually, we were, I forget what we were doing. We were pulling some insulation up at one point and we found toys that they'd forgotten about from like 1974. What? And one of them that I, that I still have, I've, I've been waiting for like the right moment to sell it. It's in the packaging, a die cast land speeder from episode four of Star Wars. Oh my goodness. Um, and so like, That's yeah. probably worth like four or five dollars at least. It's, it's something. It's in the neighborhood. Yeah. So, but anyway, we've got we've got Charles sitting down with us, yeah. who has graciously agreed to sit down and, and have a have a drink with us and yeah. talk about some some home improvement stuff. Um, but we are super honored because this this guy is uh, serving in the reserves at the Coast Guard right now, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, and so you're stationed where? So uh, my current unit is in uh, Cape Cod, Massachusetts. I'm in a uh, Coast Guard port security unit. So. Um, <clears throat> The Coast Guard's basically divided into several different groups, right? Yeah. Some of the groups do search and rescue, and you've got the guys who jump out of helicopters, you've got the guys who do boat-type search and rescue work, Yeah. Um, and then you've got, a, also, you have uh, the guys that do, like, uh, drug and migrant interdiction. <clears throat> you've got people who do, like, um, maritime spill cleanup and stuff like that, right? So that's more of, like, a safety-related issue. And then our unit, specifically, we do uh, military defense security zones, so we'll go out to an area where where there's like a navy ship or something tied up somewhere. Yeah. Um, typically, we'll go overseas and we'll defend the navy ships whenever they come in and out. Um, okay. Or we'll go to like an offshore oil rig. Our unit, I didn't go, but our unit has been out to um, Kuwait before. They've been to Bahrain before. Wow. They've been to. Um, Here, pull, pull that thing right out in front of you. Just sure, a little bit. Sure. So we, yeah. Yeah. Good. There we go. I hear you better. There you go. Okay. Uh, yeah. So they've been all over the, the, the place, and so we're expected to go um, somewhere in the next couple of months. Okay. Okay. So, so are you out on the water quite a bit? Uh, yeah. So basically, what my job is, um, I am a. How do I put it? So it's like a defensive boat captain. Basically, our small boats. We have 32-foot boats. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a tactical assault driver. Basically, I drive a boat that has a 50-caliber machine gun on the bow, and then it's got two 240s, which are like the... That's the improved version of the N60. It shoots the same round, basically. Um, so basically, what we do is we provide uh, waterborne and airborne defense resources to the Navy whenever they go out and they need protection. So as, as they're leaving harbor where you guys kind of protect them as they're going out wherever they're heading. Yeah, that's that's part of it. Or whenever they're stuck in harbor and they're, they're waiting to take on fuel or food or, or whatever they happen to be doing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, then we'll hang out and we'll set up a defensive perimeter and make sure that they're kept safe. So how far out do you guys have to go with them? Um, traditionally, because we are the Coast Guard and uh, we are in small boats, we're not in ships. Right. So we yeah. do have ships that go all over the world. Um, but 
that's not what our unit does. So, because we are uh, a, a port security unit, we generally don't get much further than a couple of miles away from the port. Okay. And is that kind of like the agreed upon neutral area? Or, there, there or? Are, without getting into like too many of the specifics, sure. specifically like laid out um, nautical mile ranges. So they'll say like, you know, within three miles, that means one thing. Within six miles, that means something else. Within 15 miles, 26, whatever, whatever the case is. So the rules change. Yes. Okay. Correct. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, so y'all are like, uh, y'all are the guys that protect the Navy. Yeah, so basically the way it is, is, um, and depending on what Navy people you ask, they'll just be like, oh, well, you know, whatever benefits the Navy, the Coast Guard becomes the Navy. Okay, like, okay. Right? That's what the Army so, says about the Marines, too, so. I, 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 didn't know. I don't know about I didn't that. Know. <laughs> hey, we're not dogging on any of these That's guys. That's right. We love all of these guys. We're not, we're not dogging on them, but it is, it is interesting to, to hear kind of the nuances of, of how yeah. each division of the military uh, works with the other divisions, because I had no idea that the Coast Guard works closely with the Navy. So, I, I, you know, I think really what the Coast Guard does, their strongest element really is that uh, it is the the small boat tactics, mm-hmm. the small boat maneuvers. The Navy, obviously, they're the ones who have the larger ships, and uh, right. they, they are, are very obvious professionals and experts in, in large ship movements and tactics and strategies, and... The Coast Guard, we, we have a much smaller platform, and we're, we're experts at it, so. Okay, cool. So, yeah. How long have you been doing this now? Uh, so I've been in the Coast Guard, uh, joined in September of 2000, and uh, wow. I graduated locally. I graduated from high school here in Houston. Okay. And then I left and uh, joined the Coast Guard, and actually I just got back here in Houston probably about six months ago. Okay. So I've been out. I've, uh, I've lived or worked in uh, Cuba. Um, I went to uh, California, Miami, New York, Michigan, um, all over the East Coast, basically all over the place. Okay. Um, it's, do they deploy you or they want you? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Typically with about uh, 76 hours notice. You know, that's not very much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so, so tell us, when we were talking before, I mean, you mentioned you've done some home improvement stuff. What, what's some stuff that you, you've tackled around the house? So, I used to have a house in Pennsylvania, and uh, it was a bit too much house for myself and my ex-wife at the time. And um, one of the things we wanted to do is finish off a, it was like a walk-up attic. Okay. Mm-hmm. Whenever we initially moved into the house, the attic was totally bare. You know, it, okay. it looked like regular bare frame. How um, old was this house? Relatively young. I think maybe 2006. Okay, so pretty yeah, new. It, was, yeah. it definitely was not an old house. Um, so my thought was is to put in uh, insulation, finish off everything, put in fiberglass, and then also do a false wall along the outsides that you could slide out and use for storage and those parts where the apex really goes down and sort of um, that, that angle becomes too acute and people can't put anything else. It becomes probably useless space, basically, yeah. yeah. Right, exactly, yeah. So a, probably a pretty good spot for, like, Christmas gifts or something similar, right? Um, <laughs> so basically I did the job uh, sort of amateurishly because I didn't really know what I was doing. I got some books. I looked at a whole bunch of YouTube videos and tried to figure things out myself. There you go. Um, and, Kind of a funny part of doing the job. Uh, 
I tried to get away with cutting a corner. Uh-huh. But I was like, oh, cool. I have all this insulation. I had more than enough insulation, so everything was going to be great, right? So um, I looked at this part where the wood up, you know, towards the ceiling started to get a little bit thin, and I thought, well, I don't really have to put insulation here. It's only like six inches wide, so I'm just going to skip it. And it's towards the end of the wall where the ceiling met, like, the far end of the wall. Yeah. And uh, I put insulation everywhere else as best I could. I worked with my ex-brother-in-law, and we did all the fiberglass, painting, everything. And then on that part of the, the wall, which is where my desk was in the attic, I basically froze to death every single year. <laughs> because there was no insulation. No it was horrible, like, you know, it was like that instant karma sort of, sort of delayed, I guess. So but. was that like a project you started in the summertime, and it's like, ah, oh, it's never really going to get cold up here. Yeah. Oh, okay, I got yeah. you. How about you're in Pennsylvania. Yeah, oh, it was cold. <laughs> it's it's cold. cold. <laughs> yeah, it was cold. It's not like Houston. It was horrible. I did not think it through, no. Absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, because more than likely, just a little bit more insulation was not going to, like, cost you a ton of money, but it was just a matter of what it was going to take to go get it and yep. still just finish out the project. You're probably ready to be done at that point, right? Yeah, it was definitely laziness. Uh-huh. <laughs> And I was like, okay, you know, I'm at this point where I think I finished everything I want to finish. So I can either start to work on some of those final steps or uh, I could do a little bit more. And I was thinking in my, my head, I tried to weigh the pros and the cons and uh, that system did not work well for me. So. <laughs> yeah. Your weighting system was off. Yeah. So, so, not good. so was it something that just went unfinished? You just, you just never went back through it? Yeah. Yeah, so you sold that for the next person who bought the house. I apologize. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, mind the attic. It's a little drafty. (laughs) Yeah, careful up there. So, like, do you do you consider yourself? um, I mean, you're you're up there doing that project. I mean, most of the time when when guys like like us, I mean, we're not professional builders. When he says guys like us, he means Kevin. Yeah, me specifically me. Um, I, I mean, how how advanced do you do you feel you were? some of these projects do you feel like you you know you kind of knew what you're doing or you really knew what you're doing or maybe somewhere in between he had youtube man he was an expert but yeah youtube gets you anything yeah it does give you a little a false sense of security i yeah. think yeah um, yeah I would, I would definitely agree with that i would look at something and say well i can do this i can make the molding look like this or i can you know i can get everything just right and then if i would actually attempt it i would notice it I've got like a whole history of trying to build like um, like rolling cabinets and stuff. Okay. And it would look like something from um, I don't know, like the Beetlejuice movie where everything is like topsy turvy and the, like all the, the fun angles. <laughs> so was was the attic probably like the most ambitious thing you tried up until that point? So in all fairness, I wasn't the only person working on it. My uh, brother-in-law at the time, he was very very skilled, and I think that he gave me projects and he was like, all right, probably can't screw this up too bad. <laughs> And then I met his challenge and succeeded. Let me show you how bad I can screw oh, this yeah? up. Oh yeah? oh yeah? Hold my beer. Yeah. Watch this. Yeah, that's funny. Okay, well uh, what about anything else? I mean, have, you, uh, have you done any other projects or, or so, maybe even have other people come in and do some projects for you, either one? So um, yeah, there was actually yeah, I bought a sailboat. Nice. Anybody who knows anything about boats, I mean, it doesn't matter whether it's a small boat or a large boat. This boat was uh, 
far too large for me. Um, How big are we talking here? It was 28 feet. It was, uh, it was about six tons. Right? That's so a good size boat, man. Sailboat. It was past the point where I could tow it myself. Wow. If I wanted to move it somewhere, I had to get a rig and I had to pay a moving company to yeah. come in and have somebody bring it across. Was this ocean or freshwater? Ocean. Okay. Yeah, it was at the, uh, the furthest tip of Long Island, New York. And uh, I went in totally overzealous. And uh, unfortunately, this was this was pretty recently. This, this was not long enough ago where I can be like, oh, I was young and dumb. And, uh, <laughs> I went in and I was thinking, you know, I've been in the Coast Guard for 14 years. Like, you know, know what you're doing. doing. You know, I know what I'm doing here. Yeah. I was in way over my head. Oh, I know nothing about sailing. Hmm. Um, so I'm rather efficient at wrecking sailboats. I've done that once. I'm rather efficient at wrecking sailboats. Oh, terrific. That's horrible. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I've done that once. It was, it was oh my terrifying. I bet, I, I bet it was. So, go, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. It's fine. I'm just, I, I can connect. We're good. Go oh, ahead. Cool. Well, so, yeah, the, the whole story is, is I didn't even know how to sail, and I went out on, like, the maiden voyage of the sailboat, and we had, literally, we had, we had a Sailing for Dummies book. Were oh. um, you, like, up. reading it as you were going out on the water? Yes, sir. Nice. Yes. So are we talking like, like mainsail and jib? Is that no, it was just a singular. We had one singular mast. Okay. That's it. So I was thinking this is going to be relatively easy. I right. watched some videos on YouTube again. So of course I, <laughs> I like to liken my knowledge to that of a doctorate. Of course, in YouTube watched videos. Right. So um, it was yeah, it was it was pretty ridiculous. Um, I was totally underprepared, and um, I brought out two of my other Coast Guard buddies with me, and it, it worked out well only because of teamwork and good communication and some other stuff that we had there. Yeah. Yeah, but basically that boat, um, I rewired things. I did a whole bunch of engine work. I did fiberglass work. Like, you, oh, there's wow. so much upkeep. Yeah. And I didn't know any of it. So you basically just look at books and, uh, you know, YouTube videos and all these other places. And I take it you don't still own the boat. No, sir. Absolutely not. So... It's funny, actually. Um, the boat cost me, I think it was $1,500. Okay. That's what the cost was up front. Uh. The cost with um, a tow and damage and uh, hardship, that would basically be unquantifiable. But if I was going to put a price tag to it, it would be somewhere around the, the amount of about $14,000. Oh, probably. man. Wow. So, um, yeah, that, it did not work out well for me. No, it doesn't sound like it. But I think that, you know, there's there's plenty of money pits out there, right? Of course. I mean, yeah. they're all over the place. Yeah. Uh, you know, I watch some of these, you know, these homeowner shows, you know, the DIY stuff. on. Not like this one. No, no, the, no, the good ones. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, like I, I watch them on, on HGTV or whatever, and they get into this stuff, and, you know, somehow they turn a profit on these just absolute dumps. And, but they've got, like, a professional crew that comes in here and works with them. And they're like, oh, we finished this in an hour. No, that took you 60 days. And you had a professional crew around you the whole time. That would have taken me 60 years, probably. Yeah. And it would not have turned a profit. Right. But uh, I, I, do, I do sympathize with you whenever you're saying, you know, this, like, I kind of know what I'm doing. See, I've, got, I've got some ambition behind me. I've got a little bit of skill. So, with those three things at my side, I know that I can do something, and sometimes it works out, and other times, not so much. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. 
so sorry, you unloaded it. Yeah, so basically it, it was it was a long process. I ended up donating it to uh, Boat Angel. Okay. Com. So it's a, it's a Christian charity. I was looking to find any way I could to, to get rid of it. Yeah. Um, so they gave you a nice write-off for it. And yeah, it's uh, goodness gracious, it was there was so much anxiety attached to that sailboat because afterwards I was like, okay, so now it's going to take me all this time. I'm going to have to do all this work. And between uh, sanding and then having the hull redone and then having everything and doing all the wiring myself, like I yeah. don't know that much about electronics, right? So <laughs> that doesn't mean I'm going to shy away from it. I'm, I'm going to still <laughs> sure, yeah. give it the old college try. But yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was a massive undertaking. Mm. No, no joke. Wow. Wow. That's, man, I, I don't even know how to, how to talk about that. I don't know anything about boats. I don't know wreck them. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Is there a story there? Are you going to tell it or are you just No, gonna... no, I'm not going to tell it at all. There's there's litigation still pending. <laughs> I would say the only thing that I can imagine, right, so and I'm, I'm just gauging from my, my previous sort of anxiety level, is imagine somebody who thinks, yeah, I can knock this wall out. I'm going to open this room up and make this, have like this really amazing open feel, and then they hit something that turns out to be a stud, and there's wires attached to it, yeah. and then there's this massive, horrible issue yeah. where they destroyed all the wiring, taken out a stud, yeah. and ruined a wall all at once, and then they're like, <laughs> clearly somebody should not have trusted me with this hammer. I don't know what people were thinking letting me buy a house. Yeah. And those are the chapters where they call the homeowner, and they're like, this is going to cost you $6,000, Yeah, I'm the one that told you to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, I told you there was going to be no problem. I told you there'd be no problems, and suddenly it's a big problem. Right. Yeah. So, so you, you had a house in Pennsylvania. Yes, sir. And then did you, did you have a house like in New York or any of these other places that you've been um, stationed? So, no. I basically rented. I had a house in Pennsylvania. Um, my current wife and I had a house in Pennsylvania right now. Okay. And... Uh, that house needs some some love, yeah. but it's uh, I know better than to do it myself. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, well, yeah. so what's, what what would you say is like the biggest difference? Because I mean, Pennsylvania is I guess it's technically the Northeast. Is that is that fair? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would definitely say so. Yeah, I mean, it gets to you know ten degrees below zero. So yeah, I would yeah. definitely say it's Northeast. Yeah. Places my wife says that we can never live. Yeah, um, so <laughs> so what would you say is like the biggest difference between houses there versus houses here? Because you kind of have a unique perspective there. You know, it's 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 unusual because there, there are a, a couple of things I could point out in terms of differences. It seems like whenever people paint a house in the Northeast, they don't work on stripping down the old paint and sort of starting off and, you know, making sure the, the walls prepared or anything. Yeah. They just take and they'll sand it real quick and then slap down new paint on it. And I think that the idea is well, we want to make sure that we have as much insulation as humanly possible. Uh, that yeah. makes sense, yeah. You can go into even a very nice house that's that's really kept up well, and you can easily tell that there are layers upon layers upon layers of paint, probably 20 years of paint, yeah. just stacked. And if you were to cut it off with a knife, you'd be able to count, kind of like on a tree. Like a tree, yeah. Years of like, oh, this is painted once in 76. And then, wow. Yeah. Right, so is the outside composition, is it, is it typically wood, brick, stone, what are we talking about? Um, what, the what's yours, I guess? They were, they were predominantly wood, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, were, they were 
well stick built houses. Okay. Um, we did see a couple of log cabins uh, where we were. We were up in the, the Pocono Mountain Range area, so nice. we had people from New York and New Jersey come and move out there. Yeah. Thinking, oh great, I'm gonna be able to shoot guns in my backyard and uh, and feed all the deer I want and everything else. And for the rest of us that that live there year round. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit daunting because the backyards were only like a quarter mile to a half mile. So if people are shooting guns and you like see <laughs> leaves blown by your head, like okay, somebody needs to rethink where they're shooting guns, please. Yeah, um, yeah. But I'd say that uh, in terms of the way that the houses are constructed, they're constructed about the same way from what I can tell. And I'm not a I'm not a professional, so are there, are there no big basements in Pennsylvania? Is that like there a big? Are basements, there are yes. basements. That is a big deal. Yeah, they definitely have basements in almost. I'd say almost every house either has either a basement or a crawl space. Okay. Um, and the crawl space will have things like some plumbing and, and other stuff in it. Stuff that may be considered an eyesore you just don't want to put it anywhere else in the house. Sure. Yeah. Did you, do you find um, a lot of like two and three story homes? Like that they're just built up rather than so I would say that the average home there, from what I could see, was one story with a full basement. That would be okay. kind of an average thing. So we would take that as a one story here. It's like, okay, that's that's a one story. But there, it's, it's almost like you need the extra space. And um, I don't know, maybe there was some sort of psychological necessity to having that basement also. Like, if you're going to have cabin fever and you can't leave your house for a week, hmm. why yeah, not have so- the extra floor that you yeah. probably need before you go crazy? That is so makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, so um, you know, you, you've done quite a few things yourself. I mean, I, I think a lot of us that feel like we've got any type of skill uh, or or brains <laughs> get, decide uh, at some point we can we can probably tackle this. But I heard you say that you know this this new house that you own, um, you're, you're maybe you still need some work, but you're having other people do the work. Is that is that accurate? Yeah. So I learned from my mistakes. Um, Eventually, right? So uh, there are certain things that I, I know that I can do myself. And that's sort of easy work. Like um, I poured concrete for a new step whenever the old one split. Okay. And um, I didn't even have to watch a YouTube video. I literally got concrete right from one of those building stores. And I read the back of it like, oh, look, if I'm going to make a step, it says step one is do this. Step two is do this. I poured this here, flattened it out. And it came out pretty good. It looks, okay. it looks probably a little bit better than the step that was originally. There, so hmm. yeah. So, so what is your process? Um, now we, we've talked about this a little bit on our show. Is that there's a little bit of a, a daunting task to finding professionals to work on your house. I mean, you, you, you drive by the, the local you know, heating and air conditioning store that you see, you don't know anything about them. You see a paint, you know, and you see someone else painting someone else's house, and you're like, oh. Obviously trusted those people to trust to you know to paint their house. So, do you have any type of um, a system that you do any research, or do you have a you know a group of friends that you talk to? How do you go about finding the right person to do some of this work for you? So, I know that we looked uh, quite a bit. We would go into sites like Yelp and do like a Google search and some yeah. other stuff to try to see what we could do uh, in terms of just locating some companies who would be able to do it. And I don't think that there's ever a shortage of companies who will do it or, or individuals who will do it. Right. Um, but there does seem to be a shortage uh, in the area of individuals that are trustworthy um, that you want them to be able to do it. Right. Somebody. I mean, I certainly hope that if I'm paying money to someone, then they're going to do a better job than I can do myself. Yeah. So if I see things are going to go off on that path. 
that I'll probably look and be like, look, I don't think this is going to work out, man, because I can do a better job than you, and I'm not even, I'm not even doing this, this task. Like, yeah. I'm not a professional in this. So... Um, I would say that uh, primarily, especially in that area, it seems like it's a word of mouth thing. Mm-hmm. And I think here, uh, my wife and I use the, the next door yeah. application oh, on yeah. the phone, yeah. so yeah. a lot of people will sort of vouch for other companies, and that seems to work really, really well. Have you used that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Quite a bit. What have you used that to find? We used it for a mechanic shop. Okay. Um, and it, it didn't work out super well, uh-huh. but... Um, going into it because so many people had vouched for the mechanic sure. shop right off the bat so I don't know maybe matters would have been worse going elsewhere I'm not sure <laughs> yeah you know um, I, I think one of the one of the ways that I've I've thought about trying to find people because I've been in your situation too you don't really know who to talk to um, I think it's always fine it's always good to find out if they're bonded right sure because if they're bonded then you know that at least if, if something goes south yeah. that they've got some insurance right sure you know, licensing, you know, obviously we want them to be licensed, but the bonded issue, I think, is uh, is another deal that's really important. Absolutely. Anyway, that's my two cents. That's all I got. It's also because Kevin's kind of a litigious guy. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wait, are there any other tools that you've used other than next door? Like, you ever tried, like, Angie's List or something like that? So, you know, I, not, not in terms of regular tools other than just doing Google searches, but I'm, I'm definitely the kind of guy where if I get really good work done and I have, like, 100% amazing service, um, then I'll sing about it and I'll basically go on those the same sites. I'll go on Yelp. I'll go on whoever, Better Business Bureau. I'll go wherever I can. Yeah. And we'll make sure that we sort of, um, we get the word out that a company did something right by us. Nice. So, yeah. Um, I think reviews are great. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's how, that's how I use them. Usually find out a lot of information. Reviews, right? They're great. Yeah, yeah. Good. Sorry, I couldn't hear all of a sudden. I was just saying that uh, the reviews are super helpful. Oh yeah. And you know, I kind of, I kind of try to shy away from the five star reviews, and I kind of shy away from the one star reviews because obviously they're a little skewed. But like those, those four star reviews. <laughs> that's where it's that's your sweet spot. That's my sweet spot. <laughs> I want to know what the four star review says. I feel like that's how your wife picked you out. No, uh, she was aiming low. <laughs> she was aiming low, and I was. Uh, Those are the two star, high. two star reviews. Is that the? Yeah, yeah. I was, I was at the top of my game, and she was aiming low that night. And um, when we met, and well, it's worked out for almost 14 years. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So, anyway, Charles, you've been super gracious with your time. Is there anything else yeah. you want to tell people about, or? I guess not. No, yeah. Thank you very much for having me on. Dude, it's been an honor. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, so our show is called the Homeowner Show. In fact, there's a there's a sticker right there if you want to take it if you're interested. One uh, or twelve. Yeah. <laughs> there's a bunch of them. Depends on how many you're gonna put on yeah. your car, man. Um, <laughs> awesome. Yeah. yeah go check us out. On, we'll take take two. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Go check us out on, on iTunes or. We're gonna, we gonna do the final four with Charles here. Oh yeah, we should. Yeah, absolutely. I want to know. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we have four questions that we ask all of our, our guests. Okay. Um, yeah. Kevin asks them because he's the only one that can remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were talking about it before the show. He's like, what are they again? He never remembers. He never remembers. Okay, so so the first question is, uh, what is the must-have tool that you won't leave the house without? So um, I'd say just about every day, even if I'm not carrying it on me, right? So I, I went and worked out today, so I'm not going to have it on me right now. Um, but 
it's definitely in the car. I carry a little uh, multi-tool. Oh yeah. So um, I was issued one back in 2001 as part of my um, Coast Guard bow crew qualification package, and they basically said, "Don't ever lose this. You'll use it a million times and mm. whatever." So I lost that one promptly. I bought a new one, uh, and I lost that one and bought several twenty <laughs> along the lines. Yeah. So once I lose it, I continue to buy new ones because of, of how valuable they are to me. So okay. yeah, so you never know when you're going to need pliers or yeah. Phillips or regular screwdriver I mean, or whatever. So are you like a Leatherman guy, or is there like a particular brand you use? You know, honestly, it doesn't work unless. Okay, no, it doesn't. <laughs> if if the item doesn't work. Whenever I grab something with it and say if I put some force behind it and I twist it and anything on it bends, mm-hmm. I'll throw it out and get something totally different. So okay. it doesn't have to be a Leatherman. It doesn't have to be any name brand. I've seen them at Walmart that were good. I've seen them at you know other stores that may or may not be good. Yeah. Um, and I've also been very disappointed in stuff that I've purchased from, from some stores that I paid a lot of money for. Sure. You know, so... Okay. Yeah, it just it just kind of de- depends on how it works out. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Our second question is: um, So, what's a job that you've walked away from? Not necessarily a professional career, as much as um, you know, maybe you've got a homeowner. I mean, you've 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 done other things. This may be your boat. I don't know. <laughs> um, but just a job that you decided to take on that you said, "I'm done with this. I gotta walk away." So I would say. Uh, it's definitely the boat. Yeah. Okay. Definitely the boat. Yeah. Um, and uh, at one point, I was messing around with the electrical work. I saw a spark and an immediate flame, and I was like, okay, I'm in my own head. I gotta, I'm going to check out this bad boy right now. This is not worth my life. Yeah, no, I get that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, the, the third question is, uh, what's one of the best pieces of wisdom or advice that you've ever received? So... Um, I was thinking about this one. I actually, I think about this pretty often. I'm, I'm, I'm a supervisor now in the Coast Guard. I'm a chief okay. in the Coast Guard. And whenever people come to me and they present a problem, I'm immediately frustrated when there's no suggested solution. Hmm. If somebody comes and they say, hey, we've got this big problem. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Please, God, help me out. You know, And I'm yeah. just thinking to myself, okay, first of all, you need to chill out a little bit because you're stressing me out yeah. with, yeah. With, with the way that you're stressing out. And I'm like, try to think of two suggestions to how to resolve it and bring them back to me because yeah. I can't try to solve everybody's problems myself, right? Sure. So, um, I had a supervisor once tell me, never bring a problem to anyone else, whether it's a friend or a family member or a boss or anyone, without bringing up two suggested Solutions. Resolutions. Yeah. 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 And the idea is basically that uh, even if they're both terrible, at least you attempted to find a fix for it. And I mean, and I, I've had some really terrible solutions and had a supervisor be like, okay, well, you know what? I think you're an idiot, so I'm not going to ask you that <laughs> at question. At least anymore. you try. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Right. But I'd rather him just be like, I think you're an idiot, as opposed to, well, what do you want me to do about it? You know, and right. have somebody like really like, Roaring yeah, because that just elevates the stress level of, of the situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah sure. that's great advice. Yeah, I like it. Okay, so the, so the last uh, the last question is how do you wind down after a long day? Um, I can try to go as stagnant as I possibly can. Okay. Right. So I I play video games a lot in my off time. Um, I have to work out for the job, and then I. For my regular civilian job, I, I do some physical activity here and there. And sometimes at the end of the day, between that 
add the sort of mental stress of the job, I like to do something where I don't have to think about a, a lot about it. So my wife and I will typically will open up a glass of wine or beer and we'll share it. She, she's actually more of a whiskey girl herself. I'm not. Um, we'll open up a cigar, light it up, and we'll just hang out and chat. Or we'll drink a glass of wine and put on Grand Theft Auto or some other video game. <laughs> nice. And we'll take turns, you know, trying to see how many, whatever, how, how many long people you can we survive. can blow up or something. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Okay. That's we'll awesome. We'll do something to, to totally check out of, of reality for, yeah. for a minute. Yeah. yeah. That's I fantastic. Think important. Yeah. Absolutely. Very important. I love it. Well, cool. Uh, you know, thanks for your time. Hey, and, it's uh, fantastic, you know, man. Tell your friends about the show. And, uh, this is going to go up on Christmas Day, so um, you know, go check it out. You'll be live. Awesome. Or we're live now. We're live now. So you'll be you'll be you'll be available. <laughs> you'll be you'll be mixed and mastered and sounding beautiful. Yeah, exactly. Well, cool. Thanks awesome. for your time. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Charles. I appreciate it. All right, have a good one.